Now, over the last uh, two Sunday mornings, David has been taking us uh, in church uh, uh, through a series, Waiting for the Promise. And he specifically focused on two characters, Simeon and Anna. But for those of us who weren't in church, and for, de- for today's younger audience, it might be useful to clarify exactly what the promise is. So I think, Shriat, we have a PowerPoint. Great. So, what is a promise? Have a think, because I'm coming around with my microphone again. Can you give me the word promise in a sentence? Thinking time. It's running out, but... And I'm not restricted to the front two rows, so feel nervous. What's a promise? Well, I tortured these folks over here a while ago. What's a promise? There's a teacher. He would know. Hello, teacher. What's a promise? I don't know, Ian, but Hello. I promise I'll have a chat with you. Oh, that's, that's a big... <laughs> don't, don't interview teachers. That's, that's any thoughts. Do you know what a promise is? It's when you say something that is definitely going to happen. Right. It's say something, and it's definitely going to happen. Yeah. Can, can you think of any promises that you know of, or have you made any promises? Sometimes you have. What sort of thing would it be like um, keeping... Do you ever promise to keep your bedroom tidy? (laughs) Very wise, because sometimes that's hard to keep, isn't it? What about going to bed without a big fuss? You have promised that, okay. And did you promise that long ago? Okay, and have you managed to keep that a promise? Yes. That is very good. Did you ever promise to eat up all your vegetables? I don't think so. No. <laughs> very wise. That promise wasn't made in our eyes. Did you ever promise to practice a musical instrument and between lessons and so on? And, but the, the message you told me was, what was the promise again? When you say something is definitely going to happen. Definitely going to happen. Okay. So, that was really good. Can you give me a round of applause there? That was... Uh... Yeah. Ooh. Something you say, a promise is something you say, and you really have to do it, or it definitely has to happen. I didn't use big words. And that's what we asked. The, the promise I was thinking of like, was a, a wedding and so on, and you promised that you're going to, in sickness and health and, and cherish and all sorts of things. So that's what a promise is. Something you say you're going to do, and it definitely has to happen. You definitely have to do it. But from my thinking, there are four parts to a promise. There's the person making the promise. Who makes the promise? That's important. Okay, and we'll come back to it. And then who the promise is made to, the person receiving the promise. And then there's this question, will the person making the promise actually keep their word? Can they do what they say they're going to do? Can they deliver? Are they trustworthy? Can you believe them? And the final bit is, what exactly is the promise? What did you say you were going to do? What is the promise? So there are four parts to it. So we need to keep that in our head. Four parts, A, B, C, D, four parts. Okay. So who is this promised son? Who is this we've been singing about? And why is he significant? 
Why is he important? And why is he important to me? That's the question I want you to think about. But hold those questions in your head. What's the promise? Who's made it? Is it important to me? Hold those in your heads, and we're going to watch a short video clip from Luke's Gospel. And I want to listen all very carefully, because afterwards, Hannah from CK Plus is going to come and read to us from Matthew chapter 1. So, a video clip, and then a reading, and listen very carefully. Everything was ready. The moment God had been waiting for was here at last. God was coming to help his people just as he promised in the beginning. But how would he come? What would he be like? What would he do? Mountains would have bowed down, seas would have roared, trees would have clapped their hands. But the earth held its breath. As silent as snow falling he came in. And when no one was looking, in the darkness he came. There was a young girl who was engaged to a man named Joseph. Joseph was the great, 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 great grandson of King David. One morning, this girl was minding her own business when suddenly a great warrior of light appeared, right there in her bedroom. He was Gabriel, and he was an angel, a special messenger from heaven. When she saw the tall, shining man standing there, Mary was frightened. You don't need to be scared, Gabriel said. God is very happy with you. Mary looked around to see if perhaps he was talking to someone else. Mary, Gabriel said, and he laughed with such gladness that Mary's eyes filled with sudden tears. Mary, you're going to have a baby, a little boy. You will call him Jesus. He is God's own son. He's the one. He's the rescuer. The God who flung planets into space and kept them whirling around and around. The God who made the universe with just a word. The one who could do anything at all was making himself small and coming down as a baby. Wait, God was sending a baby to rescue the world? But it's too wonderful, Mary said, and felt her heart beating hard. How can it be true? Is anything too wonderful for God? Gabriel asked. So Mary trusted God more than what her eyes could see, and she believed. I am God's servant, she said. Whatever God says, I will do. Sure enough, it was just as the angel had said. Nine months later, Mary was almost ready to have her baby. Now, Mary and Joseph had to take a trip to Bethlehem, the town King David was from. But when they reached the little town, they found every room was full. Every bed was taken. Go away, the innkeepers told them. There isn't any place for you. Where would they stay? Soon Mary's baby would come. They couldn't find anywhere except an old, tumbled-down stable. 
So they stayed where the cows and the donkeys and the horses stayed. And there, in the stable, amongst the chickens and the donkeys and the cows, in the quiet of the night, God gave the world his wonderful gift. The baby that would change the world was born. His baby son. Mary and Joseph wrapped him up to keep him warm. They made a soft bed of straw and used the animal's feeding trough as his cradle. And they gazed in wonder at God's great gift, wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Mary and Joseph named him Jesus, Emmanuel, which means God has come to live with us, because, of course, he had. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25, the birth of Jesus Christ. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord spoke, had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Thank you, Hannah. So, just seen a video clip, and we've just heard a reading. And what have the two things got in common? That's a great teacher question. So, what happens in both the reading and the video clip? Thinking time? Any suggestions? Tony, you're whispering. What's happened? Jesus is born, yes, in both of them, but yes, keep going, I need a bit more. That's not the answer in my sheet. Have we a PowerPoint? Yes, we do, great. What happens in both? Well, in the video clip, the angel Gabriel appears to Mary, and then in Hannah's reading, an angel appears to Joseph in a dream. Great. Why? Why an angel? Well, first of all, what is an angel? And why did they come? Well, an angel is a messenger from God. So the angels have come to announce big news. Mary, you don't have to be afraid. You're going to have a baby. Not just any baby, a very special baby. In fact, an extraordinary baby boy. 
and you're going to call him Jesus, he will be great. He will be the son of the Most High. He will be a king forever. So this was the announcement of the upcoming birth of the son, the one that God had promised. We read in Luke's gospel that the angel said to Mary, do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be the son of the Most High, and the Lord will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. A messenger from God to announce amazing news, Jesus, God's promised son. Ah, but we need to go back a wee bit. We need to rewind. Who exactly is making this promise? Who promised this? Who made this promise? Well, it was God. You mean, it was the same God that made the world and created everything? Yes, there are an awful lot of promises in God's Word right throughout the Bible. In fact, they go away back to the first book in our Bible. As we saw in our video clip, everything was ready. The moment God had been waiting for was here. At last, God was coming to his people just as he had promised in the beginning. So, so this promise that God would solve the problem caused by our sin was made away back thousands of years ago to Adam and Eve back in the book of Genesis. And, and God repeated the same promise many times down through the years to people like Abraham and Sarah and Moses and King David and Isaiah. But let's make sure we've got this right. It was God who made the promise a long time ago. Who's the promise to? Who did God make this promise to? Well, as I said, Adam and Eve, he made the promise to them, and to Abraham, and to Moses, and to King David, and now the angel Gabriel tells Mary, and then Joseph, that the promise is about to happen. After waiting for thousands of years, God keeps his promise to mankind, to humans, to Mary and Joseph, to us, to you, and to me. But can we trust God to keep his promises? Will God keep his promises? Does God do what he says? Can he deliver? What do you think? Well, yes, absolutely, definitely. We can be sure that God will keep his promise to us. You see, as human beings, maybe we're accustomed to seeing other people break their promises or to forget what they actually promised. But I want us all to know this morning that, that God never, ever breaks or forgets his promise. When God makes a promise, God always keeps it. I know that sometimes it seems like a very long wait before God delivers and fulfills his promises. Older folks, 
those, those among us who are, are going through difficulties and are struggling with anxious and stressful situations. Maybe you've been praying for months, even years, for someone or something in, in your life. Take heart from this story about the incarnation of the promised son. Just pause and draw strength for your faith through God's word. As the writer to the Hebrews tells us in chapter six, for when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself saying, surely I will bless you and multiply you. And so Abraham, get this, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise, the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath. So that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf. Our God is faithful. He doesn't change. He doesn't lie. He doesn't forget. He will always keep his promises. So what exactly is this promise? This promise, God sent an angel to Mary to tell her she was going to have a baby son called Jesus, Emmanuel, which means God living with us and he will be great, a king who will save his people forever. So the God who flung planets into space, the God who made the universe with just a word, was coming down to earth as a baby. God was sending a baby to rescue the world. This was his promise, a son to save the world. This is the most amazing news. This is why the angels delivered it. God, the all-powerful creator, the one who made the mountains and the stars and the seas and the animals, the one who gives us every breath we take, God was sending his only son as a tiny helpless baby to be born in Bethlehem, laid in a manger, an animal's feeding trough. Long, long ago, God had promised that he would give the world this wonderful gift, his son, Jesus, to live with us. Soon after Mary got this astonishing news, God's angel appeared to Joseph in a dream. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. The time for God's promised son to be born was coming. God's son who had come to save the world. Mary and Joseph were stunned by this miraculous news. They certainly had a lot to think about. This was all 
somewhat unexpected. It wasn't exactly how they would have planned and organized things. But the most important thing is they believed God. They did exactly what God said. So some months later, in Bethlehem, God's promised son, Jesus, God living with us, was born in a stable, led in a manger, because there was nowhere else. We're going to watch another very short video clip. Come along. Let's go to Nazareth. There are friends that I'd love you to meet. An ordinary girl called Mary, who lives on an ordinary street. One day, an extraordinary angel arrives with extraordinary news. Mary, you're having God's baby. God's son. He's the king who will rule. So when you were feeling just ordinary, like nobody could notice you, God loves meeting ordinary people. And he'd really love meeting you. Ordinary carpenter, Joseph. His news that makes him feel sad. The girl he has promised to marry seems like she's done something bad. Mary says that she's having a baby, but he knows that the baby's not his. Poor Joseph is all in a muddle. He goes off to bed in a tiz. An angel appears while he's sleeping and changes the bad news for good. The baby's God's saviour named Jesus. He'll rescue like no one else could. So when life feels broken and messy and things don't work out like you planned, call out to the Saviour who'll help you, the Jesus who holds out his hand. Ordinary shepherds are working on the night shift with ordinary sheep. When the angel bursts onto the night sky with good news to make your heart leap. Good news! Announces the angel. For everyone from everywhere, your saviour is born in a stable. You're welcome to visit him. The night sky is filled with great music. Glory to God! Angels sing. Let's go! Said the wide-eyed shepherds. To Bethlehem to see the king. So come along into the stable, meet the baby, the one born for you, seen there wrapped in cloths in a manger. The shepherds have come, why don't you? Great, you might say. I love that story. And it, it is really good to know that, that God keeps his promises to us. It's, it's good that he sent his son. But, but what exactly has that to do with me? That all happened a long time ago. How does that affect me? Why exactly did Jesus come? Well, it's because our world is broken. You can see that everywhere you look, the war in Ukraine, the fighting in Gaza, the need for police and jails, the crime and the bad things that, that we see all around us, even the behavior plans that we need in our own classrooms. And 
It's people who broke the world. Not just people long ago, not just Adam and Eve. You and me of today, we do so many things that are wrong and hurtful and unhelpful, sinful. So God sent his son, Jesus, because there was no one else who could solve the problem. No one else who could save us. Jesus is God's answer to our broken, sinful, messy lives. You see, since the times of Adam and Eve, everyone has chosen to disobey God. Everyone has said things and done things that are wrong. The Bible calls this sin. And because God is holy, God cannot be around sin. Sin separates us from God. God's punishment for sin is death. And everyone here has sinned. But as we've heard, God sent his son Jesus, the perfect and only solution to our sin problem, to rescue us from this punishment that we deserve, just as he promised. It's something we as as sinful people could never sort out on our own. Jesus is the only one who can save you and me. It's going to come back. Sriath, isn't it? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. You see, God's son, Jesus, That baby born in Bethlehem grew up and lived to be the perfect man who never sinned. But to save you and me, he died on the cross for your sins. He took the punishment that we deserved and then he rose again. Because Jesus gave up his life for you and me, we can be saved and we can be welcomed into God's family for eternity. Why this matters so much is that God wants to give you his amazing gift, this promised gift of salvation. And how how do you take this gift? Well, you need to talk to God in prayer, and you need to admit to God that you're a sinner. You have done things that are wrong, and you need to tell God that you're sorry for what you've done. You need to believe that Jesus God's son died on the cross to save you and you need to receive, you need to take, you need to accept God's gift of salvation and forgiveness of sins. And then you need to tell other people. You need to confess your faith in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord and you need to tell others. Someone here, someone listening today could have the best ever gift, not just this Christmas, but for the rest of your life and into eternity, if you were to ask God's promised son, Jesus, to save you today. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you that you always keep your promises. Thank you for this time of Christmas when we can remember that your son Jesus was born as a baby in Bethlehem 
But Father, help us to, to realize and admit that we are broken, messy sinners. We've all done things that are wrong and that, that we cannot sort out by ourselves. Thank you for sending your promised son, Jesus, to save us from our sins and restore us to yourself. We pray that someone here this morning or listening later on will be challenged to receive your gift of forgiveness from sin. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for taking the punishment for our sin on the cross. May those of us who, who know you as our Savior and Lord celebrate and give you our praise and, and thanks for this amazing gift of eternal life. Help us to call on you, Jesus, as Savior, to receive and share this good news and to go forward living in the strength and the reality that Jesus loves us and wants to make, of it, make us part of his family for eternity. Amen. I'm going to invite the band back up again, uh, and we're going to close the service with our final carol. Uh, it's number 317 in the books. O come, all ye faithful, a song of praise and worship to our God. Let's stand to sing after the introduction.